This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. We wish you a warm welcome to the Christian Crusaders Internet and Radio Ministry. A noted theologian and author once said, God alone will know when his objective for the gospel of the kingdom to be preached to all the nations has been completed. I don't need to know. I only know the task is not yet done. Join us today as we talk more about the great work and our role in completing Christ's mission with today's message, So What Now? Now that we've celebrated another Easter, my question is, so what now? We're going to look at Christ's answer to that question today. I hope you'll stay with us. We begin in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Would you pray with me? Almighty God, we thank you for the good news of Jesus Christ and his resurrection. Because he lives, we as his followers shall live also. And neither life, nor death, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from your love in Christ Jesus our Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. today is taken from Luke chapter 24 beginning at verse 36. The context is it's Easter evening. The tomb is empty. Jesus has been appearing to some. And while they were talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. 
They were startled and terrified and thought they were seeing a ghost. And he said to them, Why are you frightened and why do doubts arise in your hearts? Look at my hands and my feet. See that it's I, myself. Touch me and see. For a ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. While in their joy they were disbelieving and still wondering, he said to them, Have you anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate in their presence. Then he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures, and he said to them, Thus it is written, that the Messiah is to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things, and see, I am sending upon you what my Father promised, so stay here in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. friends, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Two Sundays ago, we celebrated the greatest day of the year for the Christian church, Easter Sunday. All around the globe, church pews were filled with people singing glorious hymns and announcing to one another, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. 
We also reviewed the story of Easter, the empty tomb, the stone that was rolled away, the angelic news that Jesus, who had been crucified on Friday, was now risen and alive. And we remembered the implications that has for us. Number one, that death is defeated, and Jesus is the first fruits of the resurrection, and I have a promise in him of eternal life with God. Death cannot hold me. Jesus, a resurrection in the life's promise is true to us, that those who believe in me, though they die, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die, Jesus said. So when I place my trust in Christ and what he's done for me, I have this wonderful promise of living with him forever. Not only that, forgiveness is mine now, a restored relationship with God. You see, Jesus died on a cross to, as a sacrifice to pay the penalty for your sins and mine. And God raised him up again as an affirmation of that sacrifice. Jesus was vindicated. God's stamp of approval was upon his ministry. So repenting and trusting in Jesus Christ, there is forgiveness and a new restored relationship with my heavenly Father from whom I was separated. And by the way, no single moment of my life because of the resurrection will ever have to be lived alone. Christ has promised, I won't leave you orphaned, I'll come to you. Lo, I am with you always to the end of the age. And that he is, my friends. He's present to strengthen and comfort and encourage and teach and even change us. He loves us as we are, but he refuses to leave us that way. He's got plans for us. He can give you a whole new life and a whole new outlook on life. So that's the good news that goes along with that Easter message, isn't it? That our God has been very good to this world. And that is what we as Christians celebrate every day of our lives. It's basically the linchpin of our faith, the resurrection of Jesus. My question today is, so what now? The reason I'm asking that is a few years ago after Easter, I was having a conversation with my father-in-law, Homer uh, Larson, about church and the Easter celebrations that we'd had at our congregations and sharing uh, stories about the great attendance and what our sermon themes were that day when we preached. At a time when there was a pause, he said, well, Steve, old boy, now we've seen him through his birth and ministry. We've prepared ourselves for the cross and Lent. We've watched him killed, celebrate his resurrection. So what now? I think Homer was probably thinking with that question, what's your next sermon series going to be? But as I got to thinking about it some more, it's a great question for the church and for each individual believer to ask. So what now? Christ is risen. What's What's next? That question, I think, had to be running through the minds of those disciples at first Easter. We see them in our reading today. They're discussing the events of earlier on in the day, the empty tomb and the appearances, and they're comparing notes, and they're a little overwhelmed and confused and surprised and afraid and uncertain about all that they had seen and heard. And some were saying, Peter saw him. He has to be alive. There were others who had been thinking, but are you sure, really? I mean, maybe Peter saw a ghost. You know how our minds can play tricks on us, especially after such a trauma like we went through. Others may have wondered, what are 
our Lord's feelings towards us now. After all, we really let him down. Is he mad at us? And others were thinking, and maybe all of them were thinking, so what's next for us? What does this mean for us now? What are we supposed to do? Where do we go from here? So what now? Jesus didn't leave them or us wondering or in the dark as to the answer to that question. Let's take a look at his answer. It says that as they were talking, he stood among them and he declared his good will toward them when he said, peace be with you. So obviously he wasn't angry with them. And he gives a clear answer to those disciples and to us as well. First, he says, put away your doubts and fears and believe in me now. I want you to believe in me that I am who I say I am and I'm here for you. He lays out the evidence to help them believe that he really is with them. Look at my nail-pierced hand and feet, he says. It's me. Touch me and See for yourself. I can see Jesus walking around the room and standing in front of each disciple, offering them the opportunity, saying a ghost doesn't have flesh and bones like I do. He also ate with them, had table fellowship with them, not only as a proof, but as a promise of friendship and intimacy that would never end. Because that's what table fellowship was about in those days. It was a sign of friendship. It was his way of saying to them, you have me forever. Trust me. The risen Christ, by the way, continues to give personal experiences like that. Daily reminders that he's alive and he's with us and reassurances that we're not alone. I mean, I've had some tough funerals this past year, folks. And one in particular, a close friend of mine, was, was very hard. I recall the widow said to me a while back, I don't know what people would do without Jesus. I'd be lost without him these days. She was experiencing the present risenness of Jesus. Another guy whose marriage was starting to unravel came to visit me a few months ago and testified it was falling apart, but Jesus saved our marriage. Last Easter Sunday, we had 20 of our members give their what we call cardboard testimonies as to how this resurrected Jesus resurrected their lives and made them new. It was a powerful moment in our service. So he says, first of all, believe in me and that I'm with you. And the second thing he says, what now? Understand. Come to an understanding of what has happened. It says he opens their mind to understand that uh, what has happened and what must happen. He says, I want you to be able to understand what I have done for the world, what you've witnessed here. And so he conducted a Bible study with them using the authority of God's Word, the Old Testament. He wants us, by the way, to understand his scriptures and be a constant student. That's how he teaches us. He says, These are my words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the Law of Moses and the Prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to the scriptures and said, Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead, and that repentance and forgiveness should be proclaimed in his name to all the nations. In other words, he was basically saying this, All that has happened is a fulfillment of what I said would happen. 
that it's all in the Old Testament Scripture. It all points to these things that you've witnessed in the Old Testament, my suffering and death and resurrection. It's about God's kingdom being established and the message of repentance and forgiveness being proclaimed to all the nations of the world. This all had to happen to fulfill Scripture. Everything written about me, Jesus said, has now been fulfilled. Things are not out of control as it might seem to you. On the contrary, everything is going according to God's plan. And now it's fulfilled and it's a new day. And I did this not only for you. Notice he says it needs to be proclaimed to all the nations. I did it for all the nations, not just you and Israel, so that they could turn from their own ways and turn to me for a new start with God. Remember that verse, John 3.16, God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. All of this was fulfilled, the Old Testament scriptures, in what Jesus did. I like what Michael Wilcock, the Bible scholar, says rather eloquent way. He says, Jesus says that all these great New Testament matters are to be found written in the Old Testament, not in proof texts in obscure corners, but as the very warp and woof of it. Christ and his gospel are the new hope promised in Genesis, the new life typified in Exodus, and the new law foreshadowed there and in the books that follow. They are the ideal which all the judges and all the kings either felt towards or rebelled against. They put flesh on the insights of David. They bring to life the pattern of Jonah. They fulfill the visions of Isaiah. The two testaments are one, and the theology which is the sap of the church can rise only from roots which run thus deep and wide through the whole of Scripture. Jesus says, Scripture says this was going to happen, and now it has. This is all part of God's big rescue plan. He wants all people to have forgiveness for their sins. And then Jesus, third thing, looks at them and he says, Basically, this is where you come in. So what now? Not only do I want you to believe in me and understand what's happened and rejoice in that, but I'm counting on you to be witnesses of all these things. You are now commissioned to testify to all that I've done for the world, to tell other people who need to know and respond. Every person that has come to know Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord, friend, has an assignment here from the risen Jesus himself. You're my witness. You're a witness to tell others that all that Jesus has done for all people. We're proclaimers, ambassadors, revealers of God's forgiveness plan for the world. Not only are we to believe and understand all this, but we're assigned to tell others about it so that they might get in on this good news. I'm reminded of the words of the Apostle Paul in regard to encouraging the believers to follow through with this witnessing assignment. Romans 10, everyone who calls in the name of the Lord, meaning Jesus, shall be saved. But how are they to call on one in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in one they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone to proclaim him? 
And how are they to proclaim him unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. We are not to keep this good news to ourselves. We are not to hoard the gospel. I found a story about a mailman who got caught hoarding mail. The story goes as follows. Everyone knows that a litter carrier has one job, deliver the mail. Apparently, a Brooklyn mailman spent a decade avoiding his job by intentionally hoarding over 40,000 pieces of mail over a 10-year period. In September 2014, Joseph Bricado admitted hiding over a ton of mail meant for customers in Flatbush since 2005, according to a Brooklyn federal court complaint. A postal supervisor became suspicious that Brucato was up to something weird when he noticed his personal car was stuffed with undelivered letters. Investigators pressed Brucato about the letters, and he admitted hoarding priority first class and regular mail that had once been headed for Brooklyn businesses and residents in Flatbush. It took five postal agencies five hours to remove the stash, of stolen letters from his apartment. If convicted, Brucato faces up to five years in prison. How absurd and how outrageous that the mailman didn't do his job. How absurd and how outrageous that the church, that the believer in Jesus Christ, hoard the gospel as well. We are called to deliver it. George Ladd, theologian and author of the great book, The Gospel of the Kingdom, says, God alone, who has told us that this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in the whole world for a testimony unto all the nations, will know when that objective has been accomplished. But I don't need to know. I know only one thing. Christ has not returned yet. Therefore, the task is not yet done. Let's get busy and complete our mission, he goes on to say. Listen, is there someone in your sphere of influence that God has placed in your life, perhaps, that needs to hear the good news of what God has done for them in Jesus Christ, the good news of Easter? Because Christ is counting on you to bring them this good news. Don't be afraid. Just tell them in the name of Jesus about what our loving God has done for all of us through his Son. He doesn't want anyone to miss out on this. And by the way, if all this witnessing talk scares you, the episode that we have before us today ends with an encouraging word for us. Jesus promised, and the Holy Spirit's coming, by the way, and he will empower you to carry out the assignment. On Pentecost, the promise was fulfilled, and they proclaimed, and a world was shaken, and here we are over 2,000 years later, worshiping the same Jesus Christ in all parts of the world. That's Holy Spirit power. Along with this assignment, you have a supernatural power, one who will convict and convert unbelievers into believers when you simply and lovingly tell the story to the people in your life. As Jesus has said at the end of John's gospel, as the Father has sent me, so I send you. What's next? Consider yourself sent. It's time to go to work. Amen. sky I have heard my peace
Receive the benediction. As you go on your way, may Christ go with you. May he go before you to show you the way, behind you to encourage you, beside you to befriend you, above you to watch over, and within you to give you his peace. Amen. You have been worshiping with the internet and radio ministry of the Christian Crusaders. We pray today's message has given you the encouragement you need to consider yourself sent by Jesus Christ and feel empowered by the Holy Spirit to go to work telling those in your part of the world the good news of the gospel. Christian Crusaders is a nonprofit ministry dedicated to proclaiming the unadulterated word of Jesus Christ to our world. 
We have been blessed throughout our 82-year history with generous and faithful listeners who have supported this ministry with their prayers and financial gifts. If you enjoyed today's program and are in a position to do so, we ask you to consider making a contribution to this ministry so we can continue to grow and serve our listeners with the good news of Jesus Christ across the globe. Gifts can be directed to Christian Crusaders, Post Office Box 522, Cedar Falls, Iowa 50613. Or visit our website anytime at www.christiancrusaders.org. We are happy you chose to worship with us this day, and we pray you will join us again next Sunday on this station. Conducting our service was the Reverend Steve Kramer, Senior Pastor of Shepherd of the Valley Lutheran Church in Afton, Minnesota, and Speaker on Christian Crusaders, now in its 83rd year of continuous Sunday worship broadcasting.